Daddy, wake up! Daddy! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Daddy! 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 You guys awake? Are you awake now? And if you are awake, are you living your life to the fullest? This is the Dad Podcast. Where we talk about our Catholic faith becoming fully alive through being a husband. And being a father. Really, through our vocation as a husband and a father. So, if you're a dad, this is your spot. Yeah, it's time. It's time to rise up. Welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. This is Iris from Seattle. And it's Ray from Chicago. And welcome back to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about father stuff. Uh, Dad's doing dad things. Fathers or dads, this is for you. Yeah. This is for you. For fathers fathers by by fathers. fathers. All right. So welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, um, thanks for joining us. Um, And welcome. We're talking about Catholic dad stuff. And um, we usually start with um, some fun stories. But before we do, we actually have a guest this week. Yes, we do. And um, that guest, if you ever went to the fatherhoodarise.com, you would have seen his writing. He is an awesome writer and an awesome man of God and an okay dad. His name is <laughs> Dunn Stasio. Welcome to the podcast, Dunn. Going on, guys. I, I, I hope to live my life where um, that's reversed. You know what I mean? Like awesome dad and everything else is, is follows that. But hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we're, we're all, all striving for. for that. Yeah. yeah, we're all aiming for that. World's okayest dad, Dunn Stasio. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dunn, why don't you tell, uh, tell the audience about yourself a little bit? Yeah, I guess the most important thing is that um, I'm a husband and a father, and I do everything to make sure that uh, that's the best thing, and I'm doing everything I can um, to to hold that down. Um, Other than that, on my spare time, uh, I work for the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. I work in that office, and we're just there to help youth ministers and support them, to listen to them, to pray with them, especially during this time. It's it's been really heavy with them, and so trying to think outside the box and really connect actually to, to families and to fathers. It's one of our big things that we're focusing on. this. Week. All right, done. Welcome to the podcast. Why don't you tell us about your family? How many kids you had, how long you've been married, that kind of stuff. Yeah. My wife and I were married eight years this September and we have four kids. The youngest is three months and we've just been loving family life, the ups and the downs and just trying to keep Christ the center of what we do. That's amazing. Four kids. So how old is your oldest? My oldest is seven. Okay. So seven. It sounds like, hey, it sounds like you're quizzing them, man. <laughs> yeah, like Back you, up a little you bit. You don't know. <laughs> He's like, oh, <laughs> like uh, let me do the math here. I'm just awesome. kidding, Dunn. Well, no, no, no. Cool. The, the math is good. No, no. It's... <laughs> It's when they ask the birthday. That's when I. When that's when right, I fail. Same, yeah. I the birthday is good, but the year I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, my wife yeah. always gets mad when I say, "Hey, what year was it born?" She's like, D- "You should know." I'm like, I, I know. That's right? why I'm asking. I know the birthdays, the years don't go right. there. Okay, well, uh, what's been going on in with your families, fellas? How's it been going? Any funny stories going on? I'm I'm gonna start this off, man. Um. So this is another topic that we can talk about later on, but uh, my wife and I have decided to do homeschooling this year. And so uh, my eldest son, he's 10 years old. He took the placement test. When was that? Maybe two days ago or so. And, you know, he, he did well. 
But uh, he, he's, my son is a nervous wreck. I don't know. He just stresses out of, about anything. I think he gets that from me. But anyway, um, I kind of told him afterwards. I, it was a joke. Kind of told him afterwards. I'm like, all right, man, hopefully uh, you, uh, you, you've passed it. Because if not, then you're going to go back to second grade or something. <laughs> so he was really worried. But he did well. He's, he's, uh, uh, we're going to get started in like a week or so. We're going to wait for the the books and the workbooks and uh, jump right into it. But yeah, I played a trick on my son. He was stressed out a little bit, um, but I think he's over it now. I'm sure he'll never think about that again for the rest of his life and it won't bother him <laughs> how you, I hope, I hope you, not. you hope you passed. <laughs> I hope you pass. I hope you, you didn't, you know, I, I, cause he hates it when I, uh, it's a whole sibling rivalry thing. Oh man! Because I told him, you know, you're you're gonna be in the same grade as your younger <laughs> brother. Is that okay with you? And he's like, Oh heck no! Yeah, you gotta kind of <laughs> roil yeah. up that competition within them. Oops! Right. Speaking right. of competition, um, while you guys were busy um, uh, studying and taking tests, um, we've been here at home playing uh, S- Super Smash Brothers Ultimate <laughs> on the Nintendo Switch. And so me and my three boys were playing uh, today. And um, there's one thing I noticed about my oldest son is that when he plays, he just talks so much crap. He just like runs his mouth. Hmm. Where does he get (laughs) that from? He just keeps talking and talking and talking. And I said to my son, I said, hey, you know what? No one's going to want to play with you if all you do is talk smack. And then he was like, you can't even play with me. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder where he got that from, and I'm really worried because, um, yeah, this is a bad. It's a bad sign. He's he just turned 11, but he's really talking a lot of, <laughs> a lot of madness. Trash, huh? He talks trash to his own dad, and so you know <laughs> that um, secretly inside, I'm like, oh well, I'm gonna show him. And I try my very best, even though I'm trying to look like nonchalant, I am trying my very best to beat this child in this (laughs) video game. And uh, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. So, man, I I just don't I I don't have enough time in the game. I don't have enough screen time to to challenge these little little young men in uh, video games. But, yeah, that guy's talking trash to everybody, including me. Mm, that's hilarious. I, I I have a feeling he got that from somebody that I know. Oh man, your son! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, there it is. It's, it's from Iris. Oh my god! <laughs> Was I just doing that? Sorry, yeah, a, little, a little bit. How about you? How about you, Dunn? Yeah. So we're at that age where I know you guys have been here, where your children are starting to lose their teeth. Mm. So, you know, they're at that part where they're wiggling it, they're getting excited, and they start asking, can we do different things to to get rid of the teeth? And so she lost three. The first two had gaps, and they left the last, the third one in the middle. Oh, my God. So she's had one. Just like one single tube dangling there? Yeah, yeah. So we've been having a lot of fun with that. And one of the pandemic things that, you know, our household went through, different things, trying different things, was um, I got a bike, I got it fixed up. Um, in our garage, there was an old bike in there. And then my my wife found a used trailer. So I've been kind of just biking everywhere. And sometimes I'll try uh-huh. to bike to mass. And I've never used a trailer with the kids. And so we've mm. been trying to go to mass with the kids and do things like that. And so we did the trailer, but I was late. And I've timed it. I've timed how long yeah. it takes. And I was like, oh, it's late. We got to get going. 
And when I'm by myself, I'm doing all these different things to get there as fast as I can. And I've never done it with a kid. So You're on our way there, sweaty. and this is yeah, in, that's right. This is in that's Texas, right? right. You know, with a necktie exactly on right. or a bolo. That's, that's right. That's right. And we went so fast, I didn't see a curb, and it, the, the trailer jumped the curve. It, oh my! My gosh. daughter flew. It went upside down. Oh my gosh! No. Crying, and she's bleeding. Oh and my gosh! And I was like, gosh. "Oh my gosh!" Her her mouth hit the concrete, but it was good. It was safe. Oh. No stitches. No nothing. But she was bleeding because her last tooth came up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So bad dad, bad dad story. Bad dad. I'm bad dad. But wait, you guys made it in time for church, though, right? No. <laughs> he still dragged him in. Dragged in that bleeding, crying child to mass. That's the dedication right there. Oh man. Well, that's that's a great segue, actually. Speaking of which, I know Dunn and I were talking about this uh, a few weeks back. And you were telling me about some some uh, friends of yours that have called you, uh, you've uh, connected with, and they haven't gone to mass yet. I know it's different from in, in different areas. Uh, and you just mentioned you're you're biking back to mass. So tell us about that, because like, yeah, this we're in different spots, we're in different places uh, in the nation, and yeah, with this whole COVID thing, right? A lot of people are going through different things. Um, tell us about that, Dunn. Yeah, so in March, I think a lot of us started closing down. That's when we had the lockdown. And it was for about a month and a half. And working in ministry, you have a lot of opportunities of learning the faith, of serving other people, but just opportunities to the sacraments of going to confession and going to mass more often. And um, I really missed it. It was a month and a half, and it was a very long time for me. And we were trying to do everything we could at the house of doing prayer services or praying the rosary more often. And uh, I started to talk to other people and I was surprised. Um, maybe I was naive. Maybe I just wasn't in touch, but there's still a lot of, you know, people out there from different parts of the country who maybe aren't going to mass every Sunday for a lot of reasons. I'm not comfortable, maybe their family situation um, or, or they're just not open. Like you have people in California that they opened up and, because of the uptick, they closed back down. And so just talking to them, they haven't been to mass consistently or even mass for three, four, five months. Um, and so people are hungering for something in the domestic home because they can't go to the actual church or the actual parish. And so I said, we need to talk about this because this is, this is a big deal. Um, there's still people out there that um, maybe are losing hope, that don't know what to do with themselves, their, their spouse, um, or their family. Yeah. And so we, we got to talk about this. Yeah. It, for me, I, I'm in uh, Chicago, Indiana area. And yeah, we just maybe what, three weeks now, we just opened up in our parish three weeks now, but you're right. It's not, not, uh, all areas are the same. Uh, some people are still doing a whole, we were doing a whole, uh, um, YouTube mass thing. And I'll be honest, man. <laughs> uh towards the end of it i was looking at the uh the time of of the mass like how long this mass is you know and i know you know again i think it's a whole pandemic fatigue or or whatnot but uh, yeah i got i i didn't like it anymore i'm like i miss this i miss the sacraments i miss receiving christ i, I miss I miss reconciliation. I, I didn't, uh, I haven't had an opportunity. This is a good again, three weeks, uh, three weeks ago now. So um, we're still fresh in it. We're still getting to know. And, and me and my wife kind of switch off. I go to the earlier, earlier mass with my older, my eldest. And then, and then um, my wife takes uh, our second board. But then the uh, other kids stay home. 
that the other kids stay home, the the younger ones stay home. Cause again, we just, we just feel like they, I don't know, they, they don't know how to really keep a mask on mm-hmm. uh, kind of a thing, but yeah. So that's what we're trying to navigate. But to, you know, to be honest, I want to bring them all. It's my wife that's like, no, maybe not. And, you know, I have to trust in that also that we have to do that dance and trust in that discernment as well. So, but yeah, I, I'm getting close to that whole thing of, all right, let's just all go. Kind of thing. So we haven't been to mass as a whole family yet. Since, yeah, since the where, beginning. Since, since March. Yeah, since March. Wow. Yeah, since March. Yeah, for us in, in Seattle, um, it's been really difficult because this also was like one of the epicenters of the pandemic at first. And so we shut down super early. And uh, I remember uh, back in February, we had stopped uh, masses and public gatherings. And, you know, we had this whole episode on um, the domestic church and like how to do it at home. And we've been trying to do that still, but I here at home. So we, we have slowly opened up and I think we've been open for like a month um, a month or two now and the mm. first but we have to sign up my parish we have to sign up online to go to mass or oh, call yeah, the yeah. parish office and they're giving a hundred yeah. slots for families like a hundred families can come to each mass and so you got to go early and then you got to sign up and then you got to go and um, the first time that they put that out, um, the youth minister at my parish texted me and said, hey, they're going to have this online mass or the registration for mass online, so you should sign up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I didn't read the sign up. I just, like, signed up, and I signed up for every mass. And then uh, I got an email from the pastor that said, you can only email – you can only go to one of these, and you got to give other people opportunity to go. And so like the first mass was outdoors, like they brought the altar outside and we yeah. were all in the courtyard and it was actually beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then the next mass was indoor. And so I've been to mass um, like twice or three times now. Mm-hmm. And we've gone as a family, a whole family there. And it's very social distant. They're wearing masks. Um, the pews are spaced like t- uh, every third pew um, people will sit on both yeah. ends. So it's been kind of crazy, but I've, I've really missed being able to just go, just show up to church mm-hmm. and um, the daily mass. Yeah. To go, to go and have like my, um, the experience of praying together as the community, right? Like churches, the, the sacraments, but it's also belonging to the community and participating fully mm-hmm. and all of that stunted. And I, and I feel that pain. Um, it makes me, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I miss it so much. I, I'm willing to go to confession now. <laughs> like that's how that's how they <laughs> like trying to avoid confession. I'm like, now I I really need to go. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I can see how because we go so infrequently, and the other times we have to do it here at home, and we still like we read the the readings as a family. You guys go all out. Well, yeah. you know, my kids have like, it's fading. And because we, mm. we didn't have a great experience of online mass. So we we're just trying to do the prayer services at home. But I could see how, uh, even in, in myself, who's like, I'm, I'm a hardcore Catholic. I'm, I'm really want to be faithful. I could see where I, I would say, you know what? Maybe we're just not going to do not do it anymore. You know, like if I don't have that mm-hmm. commitment deep down, I'd say, you know what, it's Sunday and whatever. That's a fatigue, yeah, man. man. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you as well. During the earlier times before I was able to go to mass, um, I was I was bitter. I was uh, I was angry even at my pastor because he res- he refused to open up. He felt like he didn't want to do that whole thing of everyone has to register and sign up. He didn't want to do that whole thing of like, all right, well, we'll just uh, uh, open up uh, half of the church. No, if he, he he says if you want if we're gonna open up, we're gonna open up all the way. He doesn't feel like that's the Catholic Church that he, you know, uh, that that he loves. So he waited and he waited until he can fully open up. And so there's no there's no uh, waiting list. There's no sign up or anything in in my parish. It's like fully open, of course, with masks and, and you know, taped uh, uh, six feet apart and all that stuff. But I was bitter, man. I was I was kind of pointing my fingers at the pastor. I'm like, dude, your your kids are starving here. We're, we're all starving here. And you guys you, can't can't you guys get creative? I was thinking of ideas like, hey, let's have drive throughs. Let's have like let's have like, you know, those uh, um, uh, what do you call those uh, drive in movies? Mm-hmm. And I've seen pictures of it. Some areas have, or we're doing that. Like, can we get creative? We have a big, big enough parking lot. Can we do that? But yeah, man. It, oh, like yeah, drive-in mass? A drive-in, yeah. And oh some people were having that. And because they had the space. And if they have the space, go for it. You know, everyone stay in the car. And then you hear the homily, you hear the readings and all that stuff, right? But anyway, yeah, it's, it, I, got, I got angry. I'll, I'll be honest with that. I, I was... I was bitter. So, so Ray, what do you do with that? What do you do with that anger and bitterness? And when, when you're experiencing it and then how do you, when that was happening, I, I saw it as, as um, something unhealthy, unhealthy in me. So I, I had to, I had to kind of work it out. I had to, I had to pray about it and see where that was really coming from, where that was stemming from. And I just saw it as like a desperation as, as like a real, uh, I, I would suggest for those who are feeling this fatigue, for those who are feeling this bitterness, it's okay to sit. And this is what I did. It's, it's okay to sit in that, in that ache, in that bitterness. It's okay. Uh, you know, as long as you, you gather yourself, as long as you head towards where God is and you give that to, to God, you give that to God during your prayer time and, the Holy Spirit will guide you. I I found I found it I found it energizing afterwards. Yeah, it was a desperation. You know, it was it was that desperation. I was I was starving. I was getting weak, but it drove me to do something else, to do more for my family, for myself. Right. So yeah, it, it I saw that as a as a push, as a an, an energy boost um, after I accepted it and I gave it to Christ. So yeah, I, I would again. I would suggest that for for those who are feeling that ache and that longing is is a good thing to um to to, to redirect yourself to to the source and summit. Nice, Dun, uh You have the opportunity to go on the regular now because you guys are open in Texas and you're able to go even with a kid bleeding all up, bleeding out. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, but yeah. Um, what do you? what would you suggest to people who are not in your, in your position, but are kind of going through the struggles uh, kind of like we are out here in the Northwest? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to piggyback off what Ray had said and it's just bringing it to Jesus. I mean, I know that's simple. Um, 
but we got to cling on to whatever we can. Um, and so that's maybe doing uh, something like a spiritual communion. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on rosary, the family rosary. And um, you can just look up everything and anything that's part of our own tradition. And it's crystal clear that the rosary is a powerful prayer um, that wins battles and wars, um, that, that produces miracles, um, some small, some big, like uh, Our Lady of Fatima, the Dancing Sun. Um, and it, it's clear. Like, um, and so uh, doing that as a family every day, I think, is something powerful if you can't go to Mass, um, of doing perfect acts of contrition. You know, I, we, I talked to a lot of these ministers when we first had a lockdown, and, and a lot of the families were just kind of the boots on the ground. They were seeing a lot of the families didn't know what to do. And I was like, we got a lot to do. Um, they might not know it. And as a church worker or somebody that works in the church, we can teach that to them. Um, but when you look at our church history, there's a ton of things that we can do. When like St. Francis Xavier was going on, on mission, he couldn't have mass. Well, he did things. Um, when people were at the underground church, um, they did things, right? You can go to Rome. You can go to the underground church today in China. Um, and people are doing things. You can do stuff to be connected yeah. and to cling on to Christ. And I think we can look at some of those things and, and learn and get, learn some lessons. So, Absolutely. Um, I was a missionary in West Africa for a year. And I remember tagging along with a priest. And um, we went up to this village and it was um, a mud hut village. It wasn't even on the map. Like we had to like cross a river and we had to walk. We like took a, like a motorcycle for part of the way. And then we had to walk up and um, just this like totally remote place. And um, I asked him like, how many times do you get out here? He's like, well, this will be my first time this year. And he hopes Hmm. to get there uh, every like twice a year or three times a year, depending on the rain. And so these folks, uh, on the regular, their their regular sacramental life is uh, not centered on mass because they're they're waiting for the priest to show up and they're hoping that the priest to show up and the priest can barely go, but then there's still active Catholics that gather and celebrate and um, and live out their faith in community and. And that's something that we can also do if we're not receiving regularly, if we're not being able to um, participate in the sacraments because of the rules. Because I know in, in America, we are used to, hey, this is how it is every Sunday, uh, five masses a weekend and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's, you get what you want and whenever you want it. But for other folks, other Catholics around the world, it's not like that. And yet they're still faithful and they're still celebrating. Now we're going to have to do that too, but also not, not together. Like we're separate, but together, but we're not together. You know, it's got to be virtual. It's got to be online. It's got to be distant, but somehow some way, um, like making that a priority and then living it out. Yeah. I, I think it's important for us to also, remember that it's it's not just um it's not just our pastor's responsibility or job to 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 do that 
all of us have a share in that. And I, I really see what your point is there, Iris. All of us has, we have a parts in this. We have, uh, as lay people, as fathers, we have a part in this and we can do something about it. Um, and we can reach out to other brothers. We can reach out to other families out there that may uh, may be struggling, may, may have that uh, pandemic fatigue, you know, and, and encourage them. And we need the same thing uh, as well from, from other brothers, from other families to reach out to us as well. So yeah, you, you're right. I uh, definitely agree with that. We all have a part in it and we can do something about it in full joy. Yeah, one of the things that our parish did, uh, especially when we had the lockdown, was they gathered some of the parish leaders or parishioners that would be down to do this. And they gave each person a log of all the parishioners in our community. And they just went one by one, calling each one of them like, hey, Mr. Pingoy, how are you today? And just seeing if they needed anything from prayers that were lifted up at mass with the priest, of course, um, because at the lockdown, everything was closed down. Um, but prayers that could be lifted up during the mass, if they needed any help with anything from like maybe paying a couple utilities to um, food or anything, but just that knowledge of just checking and the awareness of just checking on each parishioner, I think is, is powerful. And I've been telling this to the youth ministers here, like we can't do everything that's the same. Like something goes down, we're going to act the same way. No, this is extraordinary in emergency times. And so we got to think outside the box um, and really reach out to people um, to, to kind of work together to, to do this as a body of Christ. I think that's really important. I find that story done to be really incredible that your parish would yeah. reach out and just call people and just talk to them. And um, that doesn't even happen in the church, right? Like if you go, I don't know, I, some, some, sometimes, some Sundays, I'm just, I don't want anybody to talk to me. <laughs> like, I want oh to walk in yes. and like do the math and then just walk straight I out. Was, and uh, I was just talking to my wife about that. I'm like, you know, this whole pandemic thing, I kind of like it. <laughs> But but then I know this is not the church. This is right. Not, you know, one of the yes. reasons why we go to the church, the church that we go to isn't isn't a church that's necessarily closest to our house. There's probably two mm. others that are. But I used to work at that church as a youth minister, and um, it's a place where we found community, where we know each other mm-hmm. and um, keep up with each other, and and hang out. And it really does feel like a church community. And, uh, and I love that, even if sometimes I want to avoid that, but it makes, it makes a lot of sense, um, that that's what the church should be doing. I wish that, um, we were all doing that. And, and I think that's kind of the opportunity that we have right now as fathers is, well, number one, we can do that in our families, right? Like we can start checking in spiritually on the level of our kids. That's a good they, point. Well, where are you? How are you? We haven't been to mass. Uh, what are you doing? And um, and how are you feeling about that? And then um, and then we can check in with our spouses, obviously. About mm-hmm. well, where are you at with your own spiritual walk? My, because we're not going to mass. And then um, as fathers, especially because of fatherhood arise, we could be reaching out to other fathers. And just saying like, yo, how's that? How are you being able to lead your family? Because maybe now is the time. Maybe as, the, yeah. as this continues to go and the fatigue starts to set in, 
that we become tired, we're going to need a hand on our shoulder to say, hey, are you ready to keep going? Because it's still going on, right? Here's another thing, though, fellas. I'm, I'm just going to ask it. Do you think if and when we pray when it happens, when we have the uh, vaccine and all that stuff, right? Are we all coming back? Are, are, are we all going back to church? When everything is opened up, you don't have to sign up anymore. It's like back to, you know, February 2020. Are, are we all coming back? Well, you, okay. What, so what do you, guys you guys have, exp- uh, Ray, you were talking about um, your pastor is not going to open up until they're, they're going to be fully open and done. Yeah. You guys are just open and you could go any day, even to daily mass. So have you seen everybody come back? That's my question back to you. That's the thing. That's where, I guess where, where I'm, um, where my question is coming from. I don't see the usual people, but maybe they're going to a different, different parish. Maybe uh, they're going to a different time. Uh, but I pray so. But I know that there is a, a paralysis that's that's setting in as well. Um, and I'm I'm the first to, to raise my hand. It's it's happening in my family as well. Like automatically, we think, oh wait, uh, is that safe? Or can we do that? Yeah, of course. You know. Common sense, yeah. The 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 uh, uh, pandemic is still is it's still there. COVID nineteen is still there. Mm-hmm. It didn't disappear, right? So we have to think of those things. But now it's like, should I shake that guy's hand? Yeah. Should I, like how how like how is this? So yeah, I, first to first to raise my hand, I, I I do feel that paralysis as well. Yeah, I think we have to be strong in these moments. Um, I think this is what fatherhood arises all about. Um, our parish is a little bit different because everybody, I think the majority, they're all, they're all bought in. Um, maybe this is a different story, a whole podcast for later, but most of the, the families here are all bought in. I mean, the median size of a family is probably six in our parish. Um, everybody loves the faith. Everyone's in it. I mean, as young as eight maybe even six, they already know their traditional their prayers. I mean, they're all in. And so I can't speak for all the masses, but at least the mass that we go to, it's 8 a.m. on a Sunday. It's pretty much maxed out for the percentage that's, that's needed for the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I forget if we're at 25 or I think maybe 50%, mm-hmm. and we're pretty maxed out. And when it comes to confessions that they do during the week, people are there. Yeah. Um, I think tithing is, is pretty good. Um, in, 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 I mean, thinking about the pandemic and all, um, so we're a little bit different. Um, but I think it really goes back down to the father because even during lockdown, uh, we had a Jubilee year at our parish, uh, long story short, we just had a Jubilee year. And so you got an indulgence for praying the rosary and for going to the shrine to mother Mary. And so mm-hmm. even during the lockdown on Sunday, we would do the same thing that Iris was doing uh, during the lockdown, which is a prayer service, like a dry mass. And then we would go to our parish and we would dress up and then we would do our prayers in front of the shrine to get our indulgence. But I wanted to make sure that our kids knew like Sunday was a day of family time and a day of rest, but a day to worship God. And mm-hmm. so we've kept that going. There are some stints when um, or some Sundays, maybe two or three where we stopped because we were sick, you know what I'm saying? And we mm-hmm. wanted to be extra, extra careful. We didn't have it. Um, 
but but other than that we've been to the church on sunday we've gone to mass on sunday uh, we, we want to make sunday holy we want to keep it the sabbath and, and i'm with you guys like i i felt those times when i feel low i think a lot of guys do but i think that's when we have to be the rock in the storm and my kids don't know they, they have they don't know any different were they complaining sometimes when we were going yeah but spiritual head of the household, I say, we're going. And then we teach them, right? It's not like, I'm like, hey, you're doing it. It's this way or the higher. No, we teach them like, hey, this is for God. And what's Sunday? You know, we teach them all those lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we have to kind of lead the way as men. Yeah. Amen. the my <laughs> I'm kind of, um, because this coronavirus has uh, changed a lot of the dynamics of mass, um, they were experimenting out here. Like, when should we put communion? Um and maybe we should put it at the end of mass, like so everybody gets communion, then leave straight out, you know. Um, and um, you know, there was a lot of theological debate about that. And um, and uh, one of the benefits was my kids said, "Oh, oh, you know what I noticed about going to church? It's a lot shorter now." <laughs> Like, cause uh, we're not, you're not supposed to be in like an ex- enclosed space uh, for too long. And so they're like, wow, mass is before mass w- went over an hour, hour 15, hour 20, sometimes an hour 30. And, um, and now it's like, un- like right under an hour. And they're like, this is awesome. I love it now. It's, it's, it's a reasonable time. And so then they could go back to smash bros and smashing each other, which is going to be excellent. <laughs> But I would say this, like, Dan, I love what you're saying about um, that you make Sunday a holy day and a day of rest and a day of worshiping God. But I think the kind of the key to like having people come back is that it's that church and mass and, and the spiritual life is not just on a Sunday, but it's got to be every day. I think that's why what, when you talked about the, your church, a community calling all of its members that shows that um, this is a church that's on the ground um, and with the people and, uh, and it's a daily experience. Right. And um, kind of one of the challenges is if, if church is only on Sunday and then we don't have it on Sunday, well, then church is gone. Right. We're going to, we're going to lose that. And, uh, but if it's like a daily experience where there's like a constant outreach, um, that, that the church doesn't say, I'm going to wait for you to come to me, but instead is says, I am going to go to you. Then that's a church that's going to be relevant on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, all the way back to Sunday. And that's where Mm -hmm. we're hurting. And I think that's why I love fatherhood arise it's because you could check it out on instagram fatherhood arise on instagram and every day there's something something to uplift you something to inspire you something to challenge you and we as church we got to get on our ground game we got to be out there and saying like oh it's got to be more than just we're just casually acquainted but rather we're in a relationship that's an everyday relationship yeah, that's a that's a great point. It it's it really does stem from the domestic church. You're right, Iris. It's not just that Sunday. We shouldn't uh, have those special prayers, special uh, uh, mass service or prayer service during Sundays. But really try to do something every day as as a father for your family, because we've um, and you mentioned it already, Iris, about our American mentality where you know where we've expect where 
everything is kind of laid out for us. Um, and you know, the sacraments are there Saturday. I can go to confession and there's a lot of different masses and all that stuff, but then the pandemic happened. And so we think we've gotten comfortable. And a lot of my friends are, 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 um, seeing this or feeling this as well, that they've gotten comfortable with having all those things available for them. And then all of a sudden COVID happened, it stopped. So we had that mentality of having worship and prayer in church. And then all of a sudden, when COVID happened, they were able to step up in building their domestic church. Because again, the mentality of like, oh, well, that prayer just belongs in, in that space. No, no, no. It, it, it starts now. This, the culture, that prayer culture, that worship culture, church is here. They, they, they wake up to that and, and they do all of their activities. They eat meals around, around this domestic church. They play games in this domestic church, but this is church. And they now know, my, my kids, I pray that they now know how to act when they are in church and part of a, a bigger family, a bigger community, right? Instead of like, all right, this is how we're supposed to act in, in, our, in our parish and at home they, they act differently. Yeah. No, they, they, they see the connection. Our, our domestic church is connected to our parish. Even to use that kind of vocabulary or that kind of language, the language of domestic church. Right. Hey, this is a domestic church. Well, what's that, Dad? Oh, yeah, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you, son. Yeah. Don't act up out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to be clear on that. Like, I, I'm all about making Sunday special um, because, you know, God said so. But I'm both and. And so whatever we do Monday to Saturday is very important. And they go hand in hand because that stuff flows into Sunday. So I'll give you an example. I have a friend who's part of our the, the Sky group. It's a post-Exodus 90 group that we have. And his his daughter is old, older than ours. So about the same age as y'all's. Um, and our oldest is getting into reading. That's one of the things she did in pandemic. And I I just didn't know what you could do with reading. So I'll give you an example. Like our friend is waking up, he wakes up early. And so his daughter just naturally wakes up when he does and he does his prayer time in the morning. And so now he's getting his daughter, you got to do 20 minutes of prayer time. And because she loves to read, he could just say, here's this little book on uh, St. Maximilian Colby. Hey, read it. And that's her prayer time. Like, but are we even that intentional and purposeful to teach our kids. So if she's what eight and she's doing that until she's 18, that's 10 years of really like discipling your child to yeah. pray so that when they turn 18, they actually have a personal prayer that flows into their Sunday mass for sure. I'm, I'm both in. I love that done. Enlighten us. How, how can we as fathers kind of build that, build that in. You just gave that example. Like, what do you guys do? How do you do a, how do you do a family rosary with a three month old and a seven year old? Um, how do you, um, what are some kind of practical things that you can suggest for the listeners out there? Yeah, this is funny. I've been really getting into this because my kids are small. And then if you tend to have more kids, y'all know how this is like, you got it down with the first and then, the second comes on, you got to actually start over and do actually yeah. things different because each kid is different. So right. it's, it's, it's quite frustrating if you're like a creature of habit and I, I don't, I don't like change. And so it's actually probably a good lesson for me. Um, and so 
can you pray the whole rosary? That's the ideal. But then when you have a three-year-old and a newborn, it's crazy. Um, you have all these different people on the internet who say do it and not do it. There's people that say if you're just doing it and it's still crazy, there's still some merit and grace to it. And so I feel like you can choose what best fits your family. Uh-huh. I think that's really important. But I think no matter what, something that you could probably take home is that everybody needs to have some type of devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. I think that whatever that looks like, it seems like when you look at tradition and history, really big. And so maybe that's just at least, and there's a devotion to this and private revelations. Maybe it's just three Hail Marys that y'all can do because that's all you can do. But I think the biggest thing is to say, hey, God, this is all we can do. This is everything we have. And like the woman, the widow in the gospel, you're saying this is all we have and we're going to give it to you. And so that, maybe that's three Hail Marys. Maybe it's a decade. Maybe it's two decades. Um, but I, I think just doing it, um, and, and it maybe two decades is a little bit challenging. And you offer that up to God. Um, I think that's important. But again, just like prayer, finding the right time for you and your family, you know, I think is important. Like I'll give you an example. Like we do stuff around the dinner table. We don't pray the rosary on the dinner table, but we do some things with Jesus around the dinner table. And sometimes we'll pray the rosary in the car. And those are really good because the kids got nowhere to go. They're strapped <laughs> to their seats, yeah. you know, and they have to listen. Uh, one thing that's been good with my kids is audiobooks. Yeah. So like rosary audiobooks where they have like like theatrical things, you know, about this mystery or audiobooks with the saints. Those are like money for us. And so um, I think you can you can try some of those things and see if they work for your family. We're gonna we're gonna list those things that that you just mentioned, done those resources that you guys are using on our website. So um, fathers out there, go ahead and visit our website at fatherhoodarise.com. and we're gonna list all those resources that Dunn just mentioned. Those are great ideas. Those are great ideas for me. It's actually um, don't don't laugh at me, guys, but uh, we do <laughs> we do uh, we use YouTube, and so we gather around and. We uh we we have somebody uh, lead us in a rosary through YouTube, and there's some good good ones out there. Um, but that's why I, I was proposing to you, Iris. We should do one with Mickey Mouse and <laughs> Donald Duck. Your dream is about to come kidding. true, man. We're gonna do it. You said it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> your lips to God's it was, ears. It's it really is. We we switch it up. You know, of course. Uh, uh, I, I have five kids and, and the two younger ones are, they're kind of doing their own thing, but they see us, the older ones do join in, 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 uh, the rosary prayer at night. And so, you know, hopefully that that'll sink in that that's, uh, planting the seed, but to Dunn's point, you do what you can. And yeah, um, we, we try to incorporate also, uh, some visual stuff in there. Like, yeah, like YouTube. That's a great idea. I think for me, the key idea is to get something consistent, whether that's simple or elaborate, that there is something consistent. Now I'm a person that you were like, Hey, I'm a person of consistency and I don't like change. I like, Oh, everything's always different every day here. So we have like zero consistency. And, um, and so I'm just super happy when we, we can like pull something together. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I'd say fathers, if you're listening to this, uh, find something that you can do that you're, you know, the commitments in our heart, like, Hey, I want to go to mass. I can't, or I want to go to mass. I'm going to take the risk and go just by myself. Or I'm going to, we, we've decided as a family and discussed it and we're going to go as a family together. Everybody has to have that kind of conversation. And then 
personally, what are you going to do? And each person has to kind of commit to that and, and find that and say, yeah, that's what we'll do as a family. Maybe it's three Hail Marys. Maybe it's a family prayer time. Maybe it's scriptural reading around the dinner table, uh, whatever, whatever it is that you can find, but um, get on board with something and take a risk, put yourself out there a little bit more and say like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do that next step. And um, together we're going to do this. Like the, the pandemic's not over, but neither is our faith. So we got to keep going and um, committing and doubling down on um, supporting one another as church. We are the church and we're trying to get to church. Yeah. So Dunn, would you mind um, leading us in a closing prayer unless you have any closing thoughts? Yeah. Um, I wanted to end us with a spiritual communion. I think this is really important. And um, a lot of saints have talked about this. Uh, for example, St. Maximilian Colby and St. Francis de Sales prayed a spiritual communion every 15 minutes. And when you look at church history, you can go from the medieval church when St. Francis of Assisi he spent all Lent without attending mass, you know, or you look at St. Francis Xavier, who was traveling because he was a missionary and he wasn't able to receive Holy Communion even on Sundays. Right. Um, and, and these guys became saints. And so what kept them going? Well, one thing was fasting and, and prayer, but it was also a spiritual communion. And this is good for us in the pandemic. And it's also good, for example, when things get going back again. And you go to Sunday mass and maybe in your st- you're in a state of mortal sin or you're not properly disposed to receive Holy Communion during the time when everyone's going up to receive, you can do a spiritual communion. And, and I know it's hard. Uh, we all shared about how it's hard during this time, but I think this is where we cling on to Christ, as I said, and we have faith. Like, yo, this is the prayer that St. Francis said. This is the prayer that um, St. Uh, Francis Xavier said, right? Um, these are the prayer that holy men and women have said to be connected to the Eucharist because at that moment they couldn't. And so to, to end our time here, I wanted to pray this together. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, we thank you, God, for calling us to be husbands and fathers. And we lift up to you, God, all our fears all our worries, and just like the story in the gospel, when the storm is crazy and it's rough, we just have to look in the boat and know that you are asleep and that you're in control. We pray for everybody that's listening here. We pray for their families, especially if they can't go to mass, they can't go to church, they can't receive the sacraments. And we pray, my Jesus, We believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. We love you above all things, and we desire to receive you into our souls. Since we cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into our hearts. We embrace you as if you are already there, and we unite ourselves wholly to you. Never permit us to be separated from you. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, Pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for that. Uh, We are truly praying for all of you guys that that are out there listening 
to us. Uh, uh, just a reminder, if you haven't uh, hit that button subscribe yet, uh, go and hit that subscribe button and do leave us a nice comment as well. Um, and as I mentioned, with the, the many things that we've mentioned, especially done with all those resources that he uh, he has, we'll, we'll share that with you on our website, www.fatherhoodarise.com. Check us out. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we, once again, well, thank you to our guest, uh, Dan Estacio. Thank you for uh, sharing your wisdom with us and praying with us and for us. Uh, we love you, man. Anytime, guys. Awesome. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.